More Real, a podcast about real people for real people. I wanted to create a space where I share my true feelings and those of my guests about what it's like to live in today's world. The challenges we face and how we deal with them, or don't. What about all that stuff that's just not said but should be? You know, the conversations that we really want to have but don't. What do we really think and feel? What about our regrets, dreams that we have and the stuff we should be doing but we don't? Each week, I'll be here talking to real people about real life. This is a very honest look at life and hopefully, by listening, it will help you to have a better understanding of yours. In today's episode, I'm talking to a friend of mine, Richard, who lives with his partner and two boys in a suburb of Melbourne. He's a filmmaker and musician. We discuss conforming, how he views it and deals with it, and fear. I really hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. And to what extent do you think that either you conform? Conforming, okay. Well, I, I think it depends on what... I think there's some areas of life where I'm more consciously not wanting to conform compared to other areas, you know what I mean? But the first thing I think of when you talk about that is just, you know, what makes me tick, you know, and what early childhood memories of not conforming. I I remember sing-alongs in primary school. I never took part. I very consciously was silent in in sing-alongs. I can't... I'm trying to work out what drove that that decision. There was part of me that was actually just uncomfortable about it and embarrassed about it. But I know that there was also a strong feeling of if I sing along with 20 other kids, I'm just going to be just like them. And I don't want... There was something inbuilt in me that just went, I don't want to... I just don't want to do what everyone else is doing, you know. So that's a really early memory of not wanting to conform. And then getting older through leaping ahead to somewhere like high school I remember being quite I can't quite explain the psychology behind it but there was a pretty very conscious decision to not to seek out alternative let's say musical tastes you know like to what most kids were into most kids were listening to commercial radio stations and me and a couple of other mates were very driven to listen to you know independent music and alternative music and i think i mean admittedly that was also influenced by a few of my friends older siblings who introduced us to you know like non-commercial radio stations and things like that it turned out that it was it suited my taste anyway do you know what i mean like i could have gone and explored and listened to those radio stations and gone, I don't really like any of this crap. And I would have gone back and I probably would have maybe flipped back to what everyone else was listening to. But it so happened that my taste did suit or or those musical, you know what I mean? That that stuff did suit what I like, what I ended up liking. I don't know. And, and, And as an adult, it's manifested in all sorts of ways as well, being quite questioning a lot of things. You know, one of the most divisive things that I don't talk about with a lot of people because it really is very sensitive with a lot of people is is um, immunising your kids. And Emmy and I did a lot of research when we were, we were 
were expecting our first child and we did a lot of reading and we came to the decision of not of definitely not immunizing at all and that is considered by most people to be the wrong decision it's going against like there's a lot of misinformation out there that, that leads people to think that but i think it's i think it's a really prime example of conformity because most the people that you know there are plenty of very smart people out there who immunize their kids but i believe from my understanding they're immunizing their kids because they don't they're not questioning anything about it they're just going oh yeah well there's a government schedule and this is what it says to do and my doctor's telling me to do it and if they dug a little bit deeper into what's really going on what you know who's driving immunizations who's gaining from immunizations and they looked at more you know anecdotal evidence blah 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 they would possibly make a different decision but there is a strong that's a, i think that's a really classic example of conformity that that i don't buy into and why do you think people because that's one example like you just said that i could think of many others yeah. as well as i'm sure you're going to come on to that possibly why do people just go along with it is it do you think it's fear is it just because they want to fit in because everybody else does it yeah it's it's, it's both of those things it's also look i think there's a real understandable trust that people have you know like i mentioned before you know these are government schedules you know that come from the health department and and then and it through through advice through your, your local doctor your gp so you know i think most people do come from this point of view of well they're not going to be lying to me they're not going to be ripping me off they're not there's no other agenda here this is just this is health this is uh this is what we should be doing so i think there's a trust in in the system in the establishment i i don't have that trust and I, and it's not just out of some anarchistic you know just for the sake of being anti you know it's it's based on you know real deep research and but the question is why did why did i research in the first place why did i you know why did mm. i question why did i question it and i don't know the answer to that i think i don't know I think I, I, for as long as i can remember i've questioned pretty much everything you know everything that's put in front of me i'm like is there another take on this i, I don't know that's I, I, I don't think my parents taught me that yes because you mentioned before as a child what, what you said to me just now yeah. I don't know where that came from as a child that you didn't join in. But it's weird that you instinctively knew not to do that. You could just be, like you said, because you were, you didn't want to be embarrassed and you were afraid mm. of doing that. Mm. But maybe it was that. But mm. you know, I wonder what made you, because it's a very specific path to take at a very young age. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to fit in and be like everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't learn, if your parents, if it didn't come from your parents, because often well, it is learnt. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was, it's not, it's nothing I can recall observing in my parents. I mean, my parents were very private people, but you know what I mean? They didn't, I didn't have any sit down chats with my dad or mum and where they said, you know, you've got to question everything and you've got to, you know, do you know what I mean? There was no overt messaging about that. So there was, I don't know, something innate in me. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And what other things would you say where you just go, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Or I'm going to be, di- yeah, I'm going to be different. I do think, you go out of your way to consciously be different? I think 
I have what drives it a lot of the time is there's a voice in me that's like a distrust of of a huge consensus you know what I mean so if there's a thousand people in a room and they're all and I think this that that not singing along with my classmates as a five-year-old that that was a pure small sample example of this but yeah if I'm if I was in a hall with a thousand people and they're all I don't know you know chanting something or it's not I'm trying to think of an example there is something that I where I've always thought if it's kind of the opposite I think to what most people what most the logic that most people go by which is well if 950 out of a thousand people think a you know and a small and then the remainder think b i'm always going to be attracted to look into b to b and what what is b all about you know i don't know it, it, maybe it just is this stubbornness or something of just or or i or maybe i just there's a part of me that thinks the herd mentality which is another way of describing that kind of mass consensus i think the herd mentality is i equate the herd mentality i guess with people not being informed they're not actually informed about their decision they they have just you know followed they've just followed they've just accepted and they then they're carrying on some belief that's been handed down or so yeah i'm always going to be attracted to the counter argument i guess of something and so and do you think more if you look at your life do you think and clearly it might be difficult to think about it as a child, but certainly as an adult, you've been an adult for a long time. Would you say that you think people conform more now than they used to? Or do you think people have always been like that? In your life, mm. obviously, you can only answer that based on... People that, people that people I that know. People that you know, yeah. Oh, okay. Look, the answer to that is that I've, as I get older and older, I surround myself with people that think in a similar way, you mm-hmm. know, that, that also question things, that also, you know, like the community that where we send our kids to school, it's a Steiner stream, so it's it's already a, an alternative way of approaching education and, and what goes along with that is, is you know, alternative, in, to different, to varying degrees, but there, there's an alternative way of looking at most things, you know, whether it's food that we're eating or, or how to approach health or, you know, a whole lot of stuff, so... In my immediate world and who I know and who I hang out with and whatever, you know, I don't see a lot of conformity. But having been on Facebook for the last couple of years is interesting because when you asked me that question, I suddenly, for some reason, thought of Facebook and I thought, that's an interesting example where that phrase that's come about, uh, echo chamber, you know, you're living in your own echo chamber on something like Facebook because you're really, the way those algorithms work, you're only really communicating mostly with people that agree with you or and you agree with them and you're into the same stuff and generally you know I mean there's there's always a couple of maybe people in there that are fighting or arguing or whatever and I so I think given that so many billions of people are on something like Facebook my feeling is there probably is a lot of sort of conform that's kind of conforming because there's just a whole lot of people not really challenging their worldview or their their beliefs and they're just all everyone's just surrounding themselves with kind of what they call groupthink you know the sameness but like but as I said you know for me personally I don't I'm not I'm not experiencing I don't experience that because 
I, I am, I think, surrounded by people who are, yeah, are less likely to conform. And have you ended a friendship because someone is, you've gone, oh, you know what, you just conform, and I don't, as you just said. Ended a friendship? Mm. Or you don't see someone anymore because you've just gone, you know what, you're just tying the line, you're, you're, I don't dislike you, but I can't really be friends with you because you just... I don't think so. I don't think I've ended a friendship on that basis. I, I've ended a friendship that was where I just felt it has nothing to do with this. It's just this could segue into a whole other topic, but I have ended a friendship that the reason I ended it was, and I didn't end it in a sudden way. I just let it very intentionally. I let it drift and die slowly, but but it's definitely dead. And the reason I engineered it to die <laughs> is that it was nothing to do with conformity or anything like that. It was more about, well, maybe in some level it was, but it's a person who I knew for a long time. We were mates at high school. We kind of kept a friendship going on and off through our adult life, but I actually wanted it, wanted the friendship to go because he just brought a very negative, miserable vibe to, you know, to our interactions, you know, whether it was me and him or it was me and him and Nemi and, he, and his partner at the time and whatever, you know. But it's interesting because there actually is a link to this whole conformity topic when I think about him and who he is and the life, that the choices he's made. And he, he finished high school had a lot of pressure to to get into a particular course uh university course he he got into that course he finished the course but had a lot of trouble getting a job when he finished because his marks were not great it's just it's one of those courses where if you don't do really well you're not really gonna get work in that field you've got to just be really good you know so his average marks meant that he he entered this world of kind of just dope smoking and having a miserable outlook and thinking he was useless and had a pretty authoritarian father figure. His dad was pretty full on and was also pressuring him and pressuring to find work. He eventually found work in a corporation, a very big corporation, a global company that was not exactly what he studied, but it was a bit sideways has been at that company i think for about 25 years now and, and he's miserable but he will never leave that company and he's very high up in it he's done well he's seriously high up in it huge money i reckon he, i'm sure he's earning but miserable he's had three three failed major relationships a marriage that fell over then you know a relationship his most recent relationship where he had two kids that also ended i i actually think I think I'm a genius because I think I brought this up because it totally is about <laughs> conformity because really he totally is a classic conformist. Get the job, stick with the job. If Even if you don't love the job, just stick with it, you know, for all those wrong reasons of just, you know, just climbing up that corporate ladder. And But he's really a genuinely, really not happy guy. And, um, and the thing is, that's one example because that's somebody you know. Yeah. But there would be lots of people clearly that we both don't know, but would fall into exactly the same. 
And you kind of go, where does that come from? Why do people, mm. whether, the, and as a parent and generations before us, believe that you're telling your child to do the right thing, mm. study, do this, whatever, yep. when actually it's not. No, it's not. It's not at all because it's almost like I can say to you, and we live in Melbourne and it's different perhaps here than other places where people t- typically send their child to the school that they went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, it's a very traditional. It's very formulaic. It's very, again, it's conforming. Oh, you do this, you've got to do this. When actually, as you talked before about um, immunization and people being ill informed and not really doing the research, mm. that it's the same thing. Do you, mm. is, are the choices that you're making as a parent for your children the right ones for them or they're the right ones for you? Or they're wrong for both you and them. Well, that's, you're right, actually. That's also true. Yeah. No, I remember having this revelation and chatting to Nemi about it and just saying, you know, really stop and think about what we're all doing on a daily basis, what that guy over there is doing, what that child over there is doing. They're going to school. They don't really want to go to school. There's that guy. He's getting on a tram. He's going to some job that he doesn't really, really want to go to. And a really sad, frightening and sad kind of realisation is, majority of people are doing something they don't want to be doing every day year after year you know uh and there's there's all these other alternative ways of doing all of it you know like we went to this this thing called village continuum which was a four-day camp um nature skill what was it nature how do they describe themselves nature basically there's there's you it's a simulation of village life rather than city life it's you know there's tents and there's a communal eating and area and uh and, but there's also workshops every day all day f- of kind of old natural skills you know like stuff that's not really necessarily practical in the way we live now you know like what one workshop was you know how to tan leather for example you know which is a very old skill and a very hands-on skill but that's one example but but i remember having a really quite a profound conversation with one of the main organizers because i i not only attended the festival but i filmed in a documentary style i filmed what was going on at the festival because it was it's part of we're going to use the footage hopefully as part of this project we're doing called true nature which really kind of links in a lot with what you're talking to me about but i had a really interesting chat with him and i said oh you know what, what you're creating here for three or four days you know is your personal i said to him is your personal goal to live a life that is full time like this you know really off the grid not entering this mainstream system and just you know just living this more communal villagey life that's richer and more fulfilling and more connected and or are you okay with this just being an event that happens once in a while, once a year, twice a year? And I said, what is your aim? You know, do you want to make this your life? You know, and I can't, I can't, sadly, I can't remember his actual, exactly his answer, but, but I, no, I think what he said was it's a process, you know, that, that he, yeah, he'd like to see that it becomes more and more a bigger part of how he lives his life, you know, and it's, but it's a slow process that can't because of how we've all been brought up and the world we're in and the world you know the way the world is it's a you know it's very challenging to if that's what you want it, it is pretty challenging to you got to do a lot 
go through a lot of hoops to, to, to really achieve that as a permanent way of life. People do it, but, but they are a, a small minority. But it all does get back to what is our true nature, you know, and that's the name of our film, actually, which is it's interesting you bring it up, bring up conformity because I think it's that is kind of the flip side of of this um, that project we're doing, which is you know, there's all these other, there's a lot. There, there, are we going? Are we as a human race, you know, are we going against our true nature, our true urges? Um, and I think the biggest way we do go against our true nature is the word you've brought up, which is we conform. And do you think that's why a lot of people are people aren't really happy because they're essentially not being true to themselves and not doing the things Absolutely. they should be doing? And it's why they're self-medicating, and it's why they're abusive, it's why they're frustrated, it's why they're angry, and it's it's why there's all these negative manifestations of unfulfilled, unhappy people that are actually quite disconnected from you know, disconnected from who they really are or what they really want or how they want to, how they want each day to be, you know. But they're so, people are so removed from it. I mean, I am too. I don't, right now in 2018, right now, today, I'm not living the life that I actually, it's not quite the life that I aspire to in terms of everyday, just the everyday stuff that happens, you know. Because, I mean, I've mentioned this in the past, but I do struggle with the fact that it becomes very vanilla. I've used that word because <laughs> it, just, it does, for me, feel like, well, you've really got to... And I get it, a lot of people just can't be bothered because it's so... You said it just now. It's, you've got to really, really push yourself to go outside of what is acceptable, the norm, what everybody does. Mm. You've really got to want something specific. And if you don't know what that something is that's, that you really are after... Then you find yourself going, you know what? Life's really tough. You know, I work hard. No, but I think yeah, no, I think that's the key thing. You, if you don't know specifically what it is that you want to aspire to in terms of, you know, in terms of what work you do or how you live or how you want your kids educated or, or all of the above, whatever. If you don't have quite a specific idea of that, then oh yeah, you know, it's just so easy to the the the, the yeah that. The, the flip side is, or the result of that, of not knowing that is, you're definitely just going to cruise along and go, yeah, look, you know, I'm not the happiest person on earth, but but that's life, I'm doing, you know, and that's, yeah, that's conformity. But do you think people actually, but see, part of me then goes, I think people believe, if you ask them, are you making the right decisions, you're doing the right thing for yourself and your children, no, 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 if you've got kids, whatever. Then people go, yeah, no, I am. Look at you know, I I, yeah. I, I think about things, and I care, and I want to make it. Uh, I want to do this. I want to do that. They, I think they genuinely believe, or some people do, that the life they lead is the life they've chosen, and they're happy with their life. When I don't, as you just said, and we're both saying the same thing, is that I don't believe for one second they that really. Well, I think there's a percentage who are genuinely happy. I do. I don't. I don't think the world's completely full of unfulfilled miserable people or people or people that you're talking about the category of people you're talking about is those who have really deluded themselves that they're satisfied and happy and they're not but i do think there's another percentage of people out there who who are who are actually genuinely you know they're doing what they love in most aspects of their life and they're and they are genuinely fulfilled and that's good i, I just, i'm not sure how what percentage they are but yes. they're out they're out there I'd hate to think there's no one out there like I'm sure oh, no, there, no, there are. I'm sure, sure there I agree with you. There are. 
Um, and, you know, and then there's people like maybe I'd put myself in this category of the, the constant pro- life project is pushing towards a more fulfilling way of being and doing. And I mean, I don't really want to spend my whole life doing that because I don't think that's necessarily such a great journey. It'd be better to kind of work it out now and <laughs> just get on with a fulfilled life now and have a good life, you know. But but for some reason, I, I you know, it, it, it has been a... Maybe that's just being a more, quite a cerebral person that I am as well, that, that it is this ongoing kind of revising and thinking. And But, you know, I do think there's a bit too much thinking going on. So you do challenge, you don't conform in, in those kind of things. You do question, which is great. Where would you say that you do, where, where fear does take over? Where has fear, because you don't have it in that aspect of your life, Okay. Where has fear been? Well, um, has actually, you know what, you know what, I, I, I didn't do that. I wish I could because fear does play into that, plays into prob- almost certainly why people do conform because they're afraid of, as you said, the outcome of what happened. But you're somebody well, doesn't. So, where would you say fear has actually? Well, I can give you an example of something that I was scared of being vocal about, but I, but I jumped through the fear, and that was being vocal about my thoughts about Israel and Palestine, which I know that for, as I was doing those posts on Facebook, you know, I was wanting to, I was really wanting to talk, to bring up the Israel Palestine issue, but I was scared. I didn't want I didn't. So I avoided it for a while. And then for some reason, I can't really tell you why, but I did take the plunge at some point. And when I did my first post about that topic, I felt very liberated immediately. Like, and the, the gates were open, you know what I mean? It was like the majority of what I post happens to be about that topic because it is, to me, it is the most pressing thing. Well, as a Jew, it is, you know, like I feel really obligated to rant about that more than other things, even though there's plenty of other things to bitch about politically and socially. But but yeah, there was fear there. What, were the, what was the fear? It was... Um, well, you know, growing up in a Jewish, tight Jewish community, you know, it is, it's pretty, it's not really that acceptable to, to critique Israel and not just critique it, but, but really smash a lot of beliefs about it. Not just say, oh, Israel's doing naughty things. I mean, you know, I, I've, from my research, you know, I've, it's gone deeper than that for me, my thoughts on Israel. So, um, so by the time I did that first post, I already had quite what would be seen as quite radical views about Israel by, by the standards of your average, you know, mainstream member of the Jewish community. So, but yeah, I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad that I overcome that fear. And, um, but like I said, you know, there's new topics, there's the advanced, what I call the, the advanced topics, which are really too sensitive. And I, 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 maybe one day I'll get vocal about them. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But maybe the, maybe the only time I'll get vocal about them is when other people have jumped into the fire who are more courageous than me and have changed the numbers. You know what I mean? Like there's more people being vocal about 
those topics and sorry to be so mysterious but uh no, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, but then, but then, but then, as you're conforming. Hey. But then you are conforming. Yeah, that is that is true. That's, That's your version of. It is. Yeah. So whilst you're not, which I, I'm not. It sounds like I'm judging you, criticizing you, whatever. Yeah. Saying, oh, we've got all these people over. You can't see my hand over here on the right. You know, who are conforming in many aspects of their life. You don't fit into that largely, and yet there are still some things. Which you just said that you you do yeah. because you you are afraid mm. of the outcome of what it is that you might say that could get you into trouble and lead to something and who knows what yeah, that could yeah. lead to. So I, I I'm not saying I don't understand what you're saying because I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, then for is uh, are we all we are conforming in to some extent. to some extent in yeah, our yeah. lives in every well, aspect. And that's what I said to you. My first response, I think, at the beginning of the of the conversation was depends what areas of life we're talking about you know like i think yeah i think i conform mostly don't conform but there are some areas where i do you know i'm trying to think of other other things that where fear is is the driver oh, i mean look you know just even just pushing myself you know with my own goals and mm. fear is always the biggest block always has been i haven't figured out a, the only kind of technique I've figured out is just forcing myself to push through it once in a while but then for, for a certain but then there'll be a long period where I won't you know and I'll let the fear kind of win out I guess um, and how does that manifest f- for you then when the, when you doesn't when it, you don't win out and you sit there with the fear yeah what happens to you do you have the voice in that head in your head telling you that you're not good enough and all the rest of it or do you get frustrated yeah, or yeah. angry or what? what yeah, I, I just become a frustrate. Yeah, frustration is the key kind of feeling that settles in, mm. and then there's then there's overthinking, which is you know like I'll be the, the, the inner voice will be like, well, uh, what, you know, trying to analyze why are you not doing X? Because if you want to do X, why aren't you doing it? Yeah, but frust- I guess frustration is definitely the, the main thing. But then the side effects of frustration, what leads from, comes from frustration, more even more negative things like, yeah, anger and that I'll unfortunately probably take out on my kids once in a while, you know, because... But I th- I'm working on that. I think I'm getting better at that. And why do you... Because the thing... And also the other thing is, why do you think that we're so complicated that the things okay. that seem to be so simple to do... Like, why would you not... Of course you'd... If you believed in something and you were, thought you could do something, you'd be good at it. Why did you just not go and do it? You know, why? Why? Well, of course, you, if you really feel yeah. strongly, just go and do it. What's stopping you? Well, yeah, but, the, you, but you don't. Well, there's interesting, and you're not alone, clearly. Yeah. Well, I was going to say th- there's there's different brands of fear. You know, like you go you get you go to your classic kind of therapy session with a counselor or a shrink or whatever, whoever it is. And they'll talk about fear of failure. They'll talk about fear of success. They'll talk about... And I, funnily enough, I had my own unique one told to me by multiple um, therapists. And my, my unique brand of fear was fear of my own potency, which is pretty interesting. Annoying, but... <laughs> I'd rather not have it. But it is interesting because it's, it's one of those things where there's a positive in there somewhere. It's like, oh, well, there's potency in there. 
but I'm scared of it. So it's like, so if I get over the scare, I can be a really powerful force, you know, whatever that means. That, to me, that only means, you know, just getting on with what I want to get on with and having a good life and whatever. You know, I don't want to be some powerful force that is man of the year or something on Time magazine. I don't have those dreams at all. But that's my, apparently that's my fear. My main brand, my, my, my it's not unique to me. I mean, it, it exists out there. It's just one of those subcategories of fear that's out there that as described by, you know, the psychological world. And do you think, and do you believe that's true? It does ring true because I've looked at all the other ones. I've looked up fear of um, failure. Just I've really thought about it and it doesn't ring true for me because intrinsically I I do believe that, you know, that I'm, that I've got talent and I've got ability and I, you know, if I, if I'm focused, you know, I can achieve what I want to achieve creatively or whatever it may be. So fear of failure, when I really think about it, just doesn't sit true with me unless I'm just deluding myself, but I don't think I am with that in that one. Fear of success is kind of maybe similar to this fear of potency thing where, yeah, maybe that, that could be a similar, just a different way of saying it. So maybe that's also true. But it's not because fear of success to me, I, I take that one quite literally where I think I'm scared of, fear of success would be being uncomfortable or something with success. But that doesn't really work for me. But fear of potency, for some reason, does yeah, it does it does ring true? I mean, not totally, but more than more than any of those other two. But mm. I also have to be really honest and say that you know, and it was in a recent uh, uh, so in a recent men's group that we were in. I, th- I think I had I worked through something and I had a bit of a revelation that the confidence that I've got in my abilities might be a bit of an artifice because if and the logic behind that was behind that revelation was if I'm so confident, which relates back to, sorry to jump around, but that which relates to the fear of, um, when I say fear of failure, doesn't, I don't resonate with that. That means, that means, well, I'm confident in my ability. It's not about, I don't, I'm not scared of failure. Having said that, I, I, I do think there partly, there, there must be some truth to fear of failure as a fear because if I'm as confident in my abilities as I've, told myself I've been in terms of confidence well then why have I still got this struggle why am I still sitting here going "Mm, not quite doing as much as what I want to do I sort of sometimes am but mostly not blah 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 this ongoing battle struggle and all so maybe the confidence thing is a bit of a con you know from within like so yeah so there's a few fears floating around (laughs) and have you tried i'm sure you have to try and rectify and go you know what enough's enough i'm in my 40s come on late 40s yeah late 40s (laughs) and enough very late 40s (laughs) 48 encroaching on 49 let's be honest here the 40s are nearly over but you know what i mean are you what's what what okay so what do you think is a wake up call where where when do you think there's a point have you thought about that where you go okay you know what I'll, yeah there's there's fear whatever that fear manifests itself as it does for 
No, I don't believe be. in wake up calls because. Um, well, okay, so what would be the change then? What would you? What would change? What do you? I just think you, it's you, work. I just think it's hard work. I think it's discipline. Yeah, but what? what, I, what discipline? What, what, okay, so how? It's do just you, it's just chipping away in a more disciplined, focused way of just getting to that state of working through fear getting on with stuff that you know is good and nourishing and feeds feeds what you want to be doing you know like it's funny i went to a kind of spiritual i won't say guru he he doesn't like that word he doesn't use it for himself but this guy named um krishna das who's just basically an ex-jewish kind of dude from new york who who then found a guru and um, got into meditation and then has slowly become a, a really quite, you know, pretty wise and enlight- enlightened guy. And he tours the world and he plays uh, this mantra chanting music on this, on the, this instrument that I can't remember the name of it. Um, doesn't matter, but he's, and he's funny and he's spiritual and he's insightful, whatever. And I, and I got the microphone and, during the Q and A and I, and I asked him a question and I said, I said, so it was so verbose that everyone was laughing, but, and including him, he made fun of me in, in a nice way, in a loving way. Okay. I said, there are those of us who are asleep. We're not really awake, you know, we're living our life asleep. Um, and then the, there are those who are awake and enlightened and really, you know, living our life and living in the moment. And then I said, there's a third category, which I think I'm part of, which is, I'm asleep, but I'm aware that I'm asleep and I don't want to be asleep because I, because then I clarified that the asleep people are not even aware that they're asleep. But I'm, I'm in this other category, which I, th- I say asleep, but a little bit awake and not want in, not happy about being asleep. You know what I mean? And I said, and how do, how do I change that? And he just, he just, there was this long silence and he just said, stop thinking. And it was just, I mean, I can't even argue. How can you argue with that? You know, I said, yeah, you're right. And then he said, but then he did go on. He said, do the work, do the work, you know, you got to do, you know, whether that's meditating daily, forcing new habits. If I claim to be this creative person that, that I am, well, start doing it more regularly and it, it, that, that will mean forcing it because you've got to force mm. habits and you've got to force change. So I don't believe in wake-up calls because, you know, my dad dropped dead suddenly. That wasn't a wake-up call. That didn't change my life. I didn't, I didn't go, oh, my God, I've got, to, I've got to live my life. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't react like that. So do you think that's, do you think that's a myth then? No, say, no, I don't. I mean, I, I, no. There are some people who will. I mean, Sorry, there, well, look. There are some people who do have No, that, there are. I, it's, when I say I don't believe in them, I, I have never had one. And I, but I might. I'm, look, maybe I will have one. I don't know. I mean, look, maybe, and I don't want to even put this out there, but maybe if I was diagnosed with a really serious illness tomorrow, hopefully I'm not, maybe that would be a wake-up call. I mean, but maybe it wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, it might not be. You know people close to you that had you know, very serious illnesses and didn't, they didn't suddenly go, oh my God, I'm going to completely change my life. I have to change my life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but on the other hand, yeah, there are people that have had those moments, but it's different strokes, isn't it, for different mm, folks. And for I, sure. I, so I know, I, I just think at this point, 
in my late forties that <laughs> very um, clear to specify how old you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just don't think um, I think my journey is hard hard work. Like really, not look when I say hard work, it's not that hard because the stuff that I want to get on with that I keep that I avoid is good stuff. It's, you know, it's stuff that I'm good at. It's self-expression, it's creativity, it's making music, it's writing a film, it's, or writing a story or a book, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's all good stuff, but it is hard work. And it's what's hard, the hardest thing is, you know, at this later stage in life, not that I'm an old man, but, you know, I'm kind of middle-aged. It's just reprogramming that, that those habits of how, what I'm doing, what am I going to do today? Am I going to... Am I going to analyze where I'm at or am I going to just get on with something? That's why, you know, as simple as his advice was, which was do the work, it's actually quite a powerful phrase, you know, like it's it's just three words, but I know what it means. Do you know what I mean? Like some people might, yeah, anyway, some people might take that phrase and go, eh, what does that mean? It's vague, but I don't think that's vague. I think I get what that means. I know what he meant by do the work. And... um yeah, and the thing is, and again, I agree with you completely. I know exactly what that means. It means very clear. And yet there are, there are um, times where I will just, without even realising it, go to a predetermined uh, playbook of this is exactly the way you're going to think because this is the way you've always thought. So I have to f- go against that whole way and and it's my brain very cleverly trying to protect me for whatever reason against feeling like i'm uh, not safe so it's just it, it does that mm. and but it's a it's ridiculous because it won't just happen once or twice i'll replay the same thoughts in my head over and over and over and over and over again maybe a conversation i've had with someone maybe something that's happened to me and it's stupid because it makes no sense whatsoever and i can even consciously say to myself dan Come on, what were you doing? This is ridiculous. Just, just do it. Just do the work. Get on with it. Just do, mm. forget about it. Just forget that. And yet, I will eventually get to that place where I can do that. But I might have gone through hours, mm. or I don't even know how long the time, because time doesn't really matter. But time, mm. wasted time, where I'm not, I'm unable just to go, forget it, move on, and just do it. Mm. Look, it is, it's old, it's really getting rid of old habits, isn't it? Like, it'd be amazing if we could go, I'm different now, clap your hands, that's it. I'm not, I don't even disbelieve that that could be done because in a way, it's all an act. If we treat it like an act, maybe maybe we could do it that way. Maybe we could say, I'm now going to, because I've often, I've often said, um, well, what if for the next month, starting from tomorrow... I'm going to pretend that I'm this really successful, established singer-songwriter who's got seven really well-received albums under my belt and I'm going to work on my new album. I'm, I'm just going to pretend for a month. Now, if I really was good at that pretense, then my theory is that... And, and, and I really, really every day for 30 days embodied that that switch you know that that persona 
then my theory is that at the end of the 30 days, there's a reasonably good chance that you're going to f- feel amazing about yourself. And you're going to, me, I should say, and I'm going to be like, and at the end of the 30 days, what am I going to do on the 31st day? Am I going to switch back to, I'm probably not going to be able to switch. I'm going to, there'll be a momentum and it'll be, you know, anyway, that's a theory. There is a doubt, a doubtful part of me as well that says, mm, yeah, look, maybe, but it probably takes longer and, and doesn't have to be that drastic. Maybe it's small steps over a longer period of time that transforms you or, and yeah, I've thought exactly as you as you were just saying. I went <coughs> okay, giving you that example as I did before about how I, something that happened, the way I thought, the way, the way I went down this ridiculous path that I always go down, and I went to myself, well, come on, why, why do you, why can't you just literally have that moment where you just go, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to. It's trying to. It feels like this is for me. Obviously, I can't speak for anybody else. Where I'm just trying to push water uphill. Because mm. I go, oh, yeah, that's just, come on, just, just well, why do you need to think that way? You don't need to think that way. Just think, just do it. Just get on with it. And yeah, I can't. Well, you've done NLP, yeah? Didn't you do NLP a while, uh, years ago? Yes, a form of, yeah. A form of that? Yeah. And did you learn techniques? Didn't really work for me at all. Oh, it didn't work? No. Is it this sort of thing, though, of just changing... I think yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Exactly. Yeah, it is. But why do you think it didn't work for you? Probably because the predetermined dialogue is so was so entrenched in my brain Mm. that to try and to try and overcome that, to get past that barrier, which is this huge, feels like it's this huge barrier. Mm. I almost don't even want to talk like this because it sounds like already I've, I've. I've already then therefore given in, I've succumbed to it and gone, there we go, that's my excuse, which is absolute bullshit because that's not, the, that's, that's, that, that can't be, that's not my, <laughs> that, that's not it. But, and yet, yet that's, that's how, it, how it can feel sometimes, largely. And, and but even, and it, that's even consciously talking to you about it now. Mm. But other times where I'm not even aware of thinking that way or feeling that way and just, it, I, I'm obviously doing things, acting, uh, making decisions or not making decisions, or do, which are already just all part of that whole way of that I've just done stuff for so long, which is ridiculous and makes no sense whatsoever. Why? And, and the thing is, I've got history that tells me that it hasn't worked for me. It's not a good thing for me, and yet I still do it because I can't get past it. And I'm older than you. Yeah, a little bit. But do you know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, why well, I can't really? Why is it so? Like you said, you didn't, you don't expect to have that just wake up light bulb moment where you go, hey, that's cool. So there we go. I'm going to be a different person and I can do all these amazing things that I want to do because why not? But mm. why not? No, I mean, you could. I, I believe you could. I think that there's but things. But what, what is Well, the... there are just things that stop us. I think. Uh... I don't know, practical things stop us. The belief in certain things, you know, we can't afford to, how are you going to make money, how are you going to pay your rent while you're kind of pretending to, or you know, I don't know, so when you're switching into this whole other, you know, that that's a concern for a lot of people. Like, 
Yeah, but there are ways around that. I get what you're saying. Yeah. There are ways around that where you don't... Say, for example, you, you know, I have a conversation today where I said to someone, you know what? You have an idea for something. You want to do something different to what you do now. You've got a job or whatever it is. Well, you just do that on the side. You, 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 you can if you really you can create agree, time it's, it's challenging it's not easy I'm not no, content one second isn't but it is if you really want to do something you can find the time you can do that you can yeah. if you really look at your time you can so that's not throwing everything into something else and going oh no. I'm gonna you don't have to do that you can do it the way I've just said and that is the way that people do it and yeah. you can make it work and I'm not saying I can't do that but I'll do some of I'll go down some of that path and then it just stops. And then there's all And I'm back to I've gone almost like you know I'm I'm running 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 and then before I know it that 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 elastic that I didn't realize was attached to my back that was just going is just pulled and I'm snapped all the way back to where I was. So you know I, I mm. and it's like ah okay then. Yeah, the elastic. <laughs> you know it's frustrating. It just sometimes feels like oh and then it's not even a conscious where I know I'm being pulled back. It's just I'll wake up, I have that conscious moment again and go, oh, here I am back where yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it does. I'd like to be more bold and more adventurous. Yes. But I, but I do think... Um, and yet you're somebody, going back to the original yeah, part of this yeah, conversation, yeah. who's quite clearly said, I'm not going to conform. I yeah. am but I'm going to make things... And I believe that totally. When you said that, I totally believed you and, that, and that's who I see well, you Well, that like I said to you, it's in certain areas of of life, you know, like in terms of, you know, transforming into the, this full-blown, uh, fulfilled, expressive kind of artist, which I believe is in me. Yes, it is. Um, I don't know that for sure. Well, I yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I won't and haven't ever really tried to just go all out and just do that i've always there's always been this more practical side of oh, well i've got to pay the rent and i've got to do that and that's still part of me as well so but it is what you said it's finding the time to to do it and finding the balance i guess there's a point where if the if i don't know there has to be a point where if you've just you think oh look the years have gone by and I, i'm not I'm still only doing bits and pieces of what I really want to do and it's a very small percentage of my time is being spent. Well, at what point do you go, well, that's doing it a bit on the side, as you say. At some point, that's not enough because the goal must be, you know, that slowly that it tips the other way where more and more of your time is the stuff you really want to do and then less and less of your time is kind of earning money or whatever, security through something less passionate, whatever. That's really the the goal. That's the way I see it happening, where it flips the other way, you know. But it's it's hard work. You've got to chip away at it. And you've got to be consistent. I think that's the key word, is consistent. Consistency is the key, yeah. And because it's I boring can do and practical and whatever, but it's, it is. I mean, Look, even people who are, you know, full, fully expressed artists, like someone like, let's say, Nick Cave, you know, I always go to him as, as this example because I remember seeing a film or an interview with him or whatever where he talks about. He wakes up, he has breakfast, he goes down into the part of his house where there's no distractions, there's a piano, there's a pad and paper, and he sits there all day, maybe he has a lunch break or whatever, but he sits there all day and works. That's not glamorous. 
it's not glamorous. It's not. It's not even exciting. I mean, it's probably exciting when he hits on an idea that he likes, and it's that's great. But but he admitted that there'll be more days than not where he's sitting and doing nothing in that room because, or for part of the day, you know, because creativity doesn't just flow endlessly out of you. Like it just doesn't. Um, but, but he, look, he has admittedly, he has lived in some ways. He's a good example. In other ways, he's a bad example to what we're talking about because he actually has most of his life just done his art. You know, he's, he's he just threw himself out there as when he was 17 or whatever it was. He was in a band and that's all he did. He's, he's never really had, well, maybe had a little, some day jobs at that time when he was really young. But, but most of his life, he, yeah, it was a full, that was it, full-time creativity, you know, singer, songwriter, performing, gigging, recording. So that wasn't the path for me, you know. My path was always this compromise of, well, you've got to be practical and you've got to, you know, somehow make money and support yourself. And But the thing is you can support yourself from f- a fully creative life if you fully pursue it and you're talented enough and you get the right breaks and you, there's a lot of ifs and buts, mm-hmm. but, 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 there are people but it's, it's not so impossible. Clearly, yeah. It's not impossible. But yeah, I, I haven't, for various reasons, I haven't thrown myself in full time ever. I was either studying or then I was either working and then later in life I'm a parent now and then, um, yeah. So my path is the chipping away, you know, just I'm going to try more and more to be consistently disciplined in, you know, pursuing the stuff that I really want to do. At the same time, look, I'm lucky enough that my bread and butter money-making work is is creative anyway, you mm. know, so it's it not is. like I've got to put up with some shitty job that I that I hate. So I'm, I'm fortunate in that way. And then I should probably look at the whole package as, as a creative life, you know what I mean? And then I... Wouldn't be so angsty about it. I'd be like, well, hang on, you know. Some of the stuff I'm less passionate about, but it's still creative. The other stuff I am passionate about, and that's creative. Well, why isn't that good enough? Maybe I need to shift, you know, my perspective. There you go. I've had a revelation on your, through your <laughs> recording, which I've, th- these are thoughts I've never had. That last bit, you know. So that's exciting. <laughs> it's good. And interesting enough, because that's actually true. If you think about it, and that resonates with me, because often I will think, as I tell myself I'm a positive person, which I, I think I am, but I can naturally go to a negative place, mm. it, which is this contradiction. However, if you think in a negative way that it isn't good enough, your life isn't where it, sh- it, it should be, therefore you just perpetuate that feeling of, of angst, frustration, all the rest of it, because it's just not you think it's not where you want it to be. Whereas if you, as you just quite rightly said, well, all those things you said, and I know you, so therefore I know what you're saying is true, then that must shift something in your brain and, your, and the way that you think. That if you start to go, well, actually, you know, I am living a life where I am. I do feel good about myself. I do feel that I am doing, it's not exactly, but it's, a lot of it is fulfilling what I would, how I'd want to live my life. Then you can go, oh, okay, and that must free up the way that you some of all the way that you mm. think into a more positive way yeah. and the moment you start that I'm going down a more positive way because I've started to think differently that can only take you I believe yeah that, that yeah then that leads logically to even, it must do because you've shifted more. you've gone away from uh, to you know actually it, it's yeah no that's right that, that lead that'll only lead to more more fulfillment because you're right so that, then there'd be a positive momentum yeah 
Well, I, I, I'm grateful that I've been able to help you, and I think that's. <laughs> I think that's a good place. That's a good to, place to end. Uh, I think. So yeah. So, so um, thank you cool. for your your time, as always. Thank you for listening to More Real. I truly hope you've enjoyed the experience, and that you will continue to be here to explore real life with me. If you have, please tell anyone you know about More Real. I love creating a space for real conversations. So if you know anyone who would want to be on this podcast, please email me at morereal1, one is spelt O-N-E, at gmail.com. Once again, morereal1 at gmail.com. I'm very grateful as always for your support.